Have you ever had one of those conversations? You know what? And, and church people are really good at this. Like you're in conversation with somebody, and, and, and somebody comes and stands off to the side because they now want to, because they're going. They've got, they got to go. They've got, they got things to do, but they need to say something before they go. And so they come and stand at the side. And they're not saying anything, but they're just kind of in your eye view going, like just hovering there in the background. And then eventually, you know, they say, oh, you know, uh, sorry, sorry, I just need to say this before I go. And yeah, I mean, that happens. But it doesn't just happen in church. It happens um, in, in, in at a party or whatever where someone says, hey, you know, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I need you to introduce you to someone. And I don't know if that's ever happened to you. It happens every now and again. I want to talk today about the interruption and the introduction. The interruption and the introduction. And we're going to go on a little bit of journey of a journey through a scripture which is in itself about a journey. So we're going on a journey, talking about a journey. And in Luke chapter 5, we're going to read a few verses from this, but I'm just going to set you up with the first four verses and then we'll take a walk through. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. And then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking... He said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. See, the reality is this. If you want to see God do something in your life, you've got to get out of the shallows. You've got to get out of the shallow water. Some of us can think, well, hey, I'm in the shallow water and Jesus is with me in the shallow water. It's blessed. But Jesus knows that if he is going to do in your life what he needs to do in your life, it's not good enough to be in the shallow water. You've got to put out into the deep. You've got you've to get out of, of the safe territory and you've got you've to step out into some uh, uh, less safe, perhaps even more unfamiliar territory. Jesus was asking uh, Peter essentially to reposition himself. It's good to reposition yourself because when I'm repositioned, I can have a different perspective. The problem can be that we find ourselves in a rut, stuck in a rut, praying for God to do something new. Meanwhile, we are doing the same things in the same way, praying, oh, God, do something new. And I just think that every now and again, it's good to just change things up a bit. You know, maybe, I don't know whether you've ever thought, you know, one of the, the great things about church, it can be very helpful sometimes, but one of the great things about church is that that people tend to sit in exactly the same places, in exactly the same area. 
You know, it's like, it's an amazing thing. Uh, if you've ever been to a conference or you've ever traveled on a coach anywhere and you happen to get off the coach or get back in or come back into the conference room, everyone knows exactly where their seat is. That's my seat. I'm sorry, that's my seat. Because you, you want to go and sit, you, put, you stake your claim on your seat. And I'm saying that, you know, maybe, I don't know, this could be really too much of a challenge for you. But I was thinking, what if those are guys who usually sit on this side, maybe next week went and sat on that side? I know, I know, I know, I know. I know, bear with me. It's a bit, it's a bit out there. You know, maybe if you usually sit at the back, you might want to sit at the front. I don't, just change just change up your perspective. You know, some of you, I can see you. You're like freaking out now. It's like, I don't know, I don't know. It's a bit much. It's a bunch. You know, maybe, you know, it's like, have you ever thought of, of taking a different route home? Maybe drive, just driving a different route. Why, why would I want to do that? Another way home. I'm going home. Why would I want to just take the, a different, because, just because. Just get a different perspective. You actually might find a more enjoyable route. You might find a better, a better route. And you say, well, I don't know. I've known, I've known. This is the most economic route. I mean, sometimes, you know, life is more than economics, you know. Sometimes you get something more. You might actually have a more picturesque route. It might be ex- worth an extra mile or two just to get a different perspective. Just to drive into the way you live. Because it, it opens up your mind. Just do things a little bit different. Re- refocus. You know, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Comb your hair a little bit different. Part your hair on the other side. Just to go wild. Go crazy. You know, like. It is, it's amazing. Sometimes you're frustrated. Some of you are still with a hair comment. I can hear that. You're thinking, mm, I think I'll try that. Mm. Um, the point I want to make is that sometimes we, we need to move. Jesus was saying to Peter, move. I'm trying to do something in your life. Yes, I'm with you. Yes, I'm in the boat. Yes, I'm here. But I'm trying to do something in your life for which you are going to have to put out into deeper waters. I'm taking you to a deeper place. You've got to go deeper. Turn to the person next to you and say, you've got to go deeper. Because God is, God is doing something. God is doing something in us. God was doing something. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to get to it, but you need to understand that God was doing something right here in, in, in Peter's life that is not immediately obvious in the story, but God was doing something deep. He was taking him out into the deep to do something deep, do something deep in his heart, deep in his life, deep in his mind. There was a deep work that needed to take place in the deep. God is trying to get you deeper because he's trying to do something deeper in you. He's trying to lay a new foundation. You don't have the same foundation for a garden shed as you would for a skyscraper. 
You, 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 both, you lay foundations for both things, but, but for a skyscraper, you need something that goes deeper. And that deeper work is not visible above the surface. You need to, you need to do the work beneath the surface so that what is built above the surface, what is seen will endure. What is seen will be established. That's why some of you, who sense the call of God on your life, need to understand and not worry that things aren't being noticed yet above the surface because God is doing some deep things below the surface. God will reveal above the surface what is necessary at the right time when he's done the deep work. Because when you're throwing up a garden shed, you can lay a slab and throw it up quickly. But let me tell you, the foundations for a skyscraper need a lot more work. It's a lot more in depth. I don't know. I don't know right now. I want to pray right now. If you are feeling a sense of call of God on your life, and maybe, I don't know, maybe even a little bit frustrated that things are not going as quick as you would have hoped them to go, or you thought that something would have happened by now, I'm just going to get you to stand by, you know, stand to your feet right now. Just stand to your feet right now. It's all good. It's all good. It's good. It's good. It's, this is a good thing for you to acknowledge that, that you are called. Sometimes we say, oh, no, well, I'm supposed to be humble. I'm not supposed to be. No, you, I acknowledge. Because I, I understand the cost. I acknowledge the call. And I acknowledge the cost. And I want to say to all of you that the most important thing right now is not your gift or your talent. The most important thing is your character. God is at work with your char- in your character. He's doing something deep. In you, will you let God do the deep work of preparation so that that which is built above the surface will stand and will endure? God needs a generation of people who will not be like a firework who fly off into the orbit and it's all sparks and colors and it disappears into nothing. God needs a generation of men and women who've been made strong through the power of the Spirit, who have have been refined like like gold, been refined like silver, and and they've been honed like a precious stone by the Spirit of God. And at the right time, you see, at the right time, are you prepared to wait for the right time. This is about this is about a Holy Ghost hookup. This is not about you telling people how gifted you are. It's not about handing out business cards. This is about you trusting God who has called you, who knows where you are. He hasn't lost you off the radar. He knows what, how you are gifted. He put those giftings in you. He will make a way for you. Do not look to man to open the door. If man opens the door, a man can close it. But how many of you know if God opens a door, no man can close the door that God has opened. Trust in the Lord. Determine in your heart right now that you're going to trust him. You're going to let him carve out your path. You're going to let him make a way for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over every work of the enemy that has tried to sow the seeds of unworthiness, who have tried to sow the seeds of frustration, 
who have tried to blind the eyes of Yeshua children to, 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 uh, to be unable to see what it is you're doing in their lives. May they in their spirit find a new faith and new capacity to trust in God. The Father, they will know that you are the way maker, that there is nothing that's too difficult for you. You can open any door. Father God, we thank you, Lord. We, we close the door on frustration and we open the door on trust. We, 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 we receive peace. I speak peace into the hearts and lives of your people. That peace that, 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 that surpasses understanding, a, a, part, a peace that is unreasonable given the circumstances, but it is the peace of God. And Father, we look forward, Lord, in the days ahead as we see skyscrapers in the Spirit begin to spring up. We see, we see men and women of stature standing tall and strong and enduring, and we will say and know this is a work of the Lord, and we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a clap, our friend, where you are. God bless you. You may be seated. You see, Jesus challenged Simon to do something. And Simon's answer in verse 5 was, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. So what do you do when the weight of your experience conflicts with what Jesus is asking you to do. Because the reality was that indeed Simon Peter had been up all night. He'd been working hard doing what he knew how to do. And this was a phenomenal opportunity to to opt out or to just go through the motions because everything within Simon Peter would have been saying about this moment, ah, why, why, why would I be doing this? This is, this is all, this is all so wrong. But there was so much more going on in this moment than simply putting out into deep water. This was a moment. You see, Jesus knows about our internal conflict. He knows about our internal conflict. Jesus Jesus knows exactly what he is doing. He was not surprised by Simon Peter's reaction. He knew that, that, that when he asked him to put out into the deep, something deep would be triggered in Simon Peter. He knew that something would be going on in him that would say, everything I know about this says this is wrong. You don't go fishing at this time. You don't go fishing at this time of day. You know, we, 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 we've done this. We've, we've got this. We've got this. But Jesus, when he asked him to do that, and Peter did what Jesus asked him to do, Peter gave Jesus permission in that moment to take him to the next level. See, when I talk about a journey, you'll understand in a little while that Peter thought he was on a fishing trip. 
Because it looked like every fishing trip he'd ever been on. But, but Jesus was fishing for something more than fish. He was on a mission. He was, he was, he was doing something inside, inside Peter's life. God was, God was taking Peter back to the point of his disappointment. See, God will sometimes take us back to the point of our disappointment to give us not what we thought we were going to get, but to give us what we didn't even know we could get. I'm going to say that again because I preached right there. Jesus will take us back to the point of our disappointment, not to give us what we thought we were going to get, but to give us what we didn't even realize we could get. There was something more going on behind the scenes than was being seen before Peter's face. Jesus Jesus will sometimes take us through the point of our disappointment, through the doorway of our disappointment to redeem that moment. Some years ago when we Obeyed the call to go to South Africa. God asked us to uproot our family and sell everything and go to Cape Town, which we endeavored to do and indeed do. Indeed, we did do in in 2003. And uh, by by, uh, August um, 2003, we'd already, I'd already handed in my notice and we were just managing our exit. It's quite, as some of you here will know, it's not, just like moving house when you're moving country, it's a little bit more involved. And we were on with all that. And in the July, I'd gone over to Cape Town to make some preparations, as you would expect a responsible man to do. He was taking his wife and four children to another nation. And indeed, I went and I worked hard and I got everything set up as far as I could. And we arranged for a church to be part of and blah, blah, blah. It was all, it was all good. It was all blessed. And then when we came back in in the, uh, came back in the August, and uh, within a couple of weeks, we got a phone call from the church who had said that they would take us, and long story short, they just weren't feeling it anymore, you know, and it's like, you know, it's like one of those phone calls where you're going, yeah, yeah, no, 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 of course, of course, of course, yeah, 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 I, 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 why do you do this when you're talking on the phone, I don't know, just helps, just helps us realize, and, yeah, no, 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 I get it, I get it. No, 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 of course. No, it'll be fine. No, I, yeah, the Lord's got this. And then you're like, put the phone down, and it's like, oh. And then you hear your wife shout, who was that? <laughs> yeah, babe, um, you know everything that I said was planned? Maybe a bit different. We've got, we've got something new going on. And, but you know what? Actually, God was, God was trying to get us to another level. It's like he was saying, hey, Malcolm, I've seen what you can organize. Now, I don't know. Given the opportunity, would you like to see what I can organize? See, maybe, maybe God's seen what you can do. What if you stood back and let him do what he wanted to do? And we said, you know, it would have been, you know, as things got closer, we were, praying the kind of prayers, oh God, you know, if it's not your will, because it was all getting a little bit scary and a little bit hairy as we got closer. And, and maybe even 
subconsciously, although I would never have admitted it, there's something in you look, uh, looking for a little bit of an exit door saying, well, you know what, at least we tried, we gave it a go, hallelujah, praise Jesus. And, but but it, wasn't that, it wasn't an exit door. It wasn't an exit door. It was Jesus saying, what will you do with this moment? What will you do with this moment? And I, and I, I, I said, I still, even though I don't know how it's all going to work out, I believe it's still right to go. And God says, good, now watch what I can do. If I had time, I could tell you, God did some awesome, phenomenal t- uh, things in opening up those doors. In that moment, we gave God permission to take us to the next level in our faith. Peter gave God permission to take him to the next level in his faith. And we see that in verse 6, when they had done so, when they had done so, when they had done what they had been asked to do, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Can I just say, can I just say, I just want a little private moment here. Just allow me to preach to me for a moment because it just appears to me that this moment, God dealt with this moment of disappointment with overwhelming provision, that God turned something around in a moment. Peter went from seeing very little to nothing to seeing overflow beyond his wildest imaginations. I want to say, I believe in regard to seeing souls saved. I want to confess that I've experienced, I've carried a little bit of disappointment. We've worked hard. We've believed. We trusted all night and we've not seen what we'd hoped for. We've not seen what we believe for. But Jesus gave Peter a moment where he could lay down his disappointment and embrace something that was more overwhelming and more incredible than he imagined. It became a moment of breakthrough. It was no longer a disappointment point. It was a breakthrough point. I want to confess over me and over this house, that in the area of soul saved, we're grateful for everything that we've had. But in the areas of soul soul saved, I'm declaring an end to disappointment and declaring a breakthrough moment that God is going to do something that is going to amaze, astound, overwhelm us as we see a large amount of people say yes to Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm back in the room. I'm with you guys again. Just wanted a private little sermon there. They caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. I want to say to somebody here today that God can give you in a moment what it would take someone a lifetime of hard work to achieve. God can give you in a moment what it would take someone a lifetime of hard work to achieve. God can turn it around in one moment. Why do you stay up late toiling for food to eat? The Bible says, you know what? Trust, trust in the Lord. He will provide. This is not an opportunity to say, you know what? I don't have to work. I can just sit back and the Lord will provide. No. Yes, I work. Yes, I'm out there doing something. But in the midst of doing something, God is going to give me a moment that far exceeds anything that I could produce. His attitude and his hard work positioned him to receive an overwhelming blessing of God. 
Maybe the only thing that stands between you and your promotion, the only thing that stands between you and your increase, the only thing that stands between you and your overflow blessing is a change in your attitude. Instead of cussing your boss for not noticing, instead of cussing those workmates around you for not making a way for you, maybe you should get your eyes off your boss and your eyes off your workmates and look to the Lord because it is the Lord that will make a way. Promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. Promotion comes from the Lord. Stop getting frustrated with your bosses and call on the name of the Lord and say, God, help me. Show me how to be a blessing. Show me how to change. How must I change my attitude? How must I change my work ethic? How must I change? How can I be more promotable? How can I work in such a way that I will draw increase to me? God, you are the one who knows all things. You know the strategies of, and maybe it's just a small thing. Maybe for someone All you need is a small shift. I'm telling you right now, if you can get hold of this, someone is going to come and tell me, you know what, I heard what you say, and I got that job, I got that promotion, I got that increase. Mark my words, it's going to happen. See, God, I believe, showed Peter that he he was stretching him with blessing. See, we all know, we all know what it is to walk in the valley. Through the valley of the shadow of God. We all know about those moments. We know, we know about that. We know that God will do deep things in the valley. We know about that. But you know, not many of us understand that God wants to also overwhelm us. With blessing. He is a God who wants to pour out overflow blessing into our lives so that, yes, He wants us, He wants us blessed to be a blessing, but He wants us blessed. God wants to bless you. See, some of us, we think that God only wants to bless me as long as I'm a blessing. But the reality is God wants to bless me just because I'm me. God wants to bless you just because you're you. Will it go well for you that you, that, that blessing it becomes blessing to others? Of course. As you give what you've been given, more will be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. But you need to understand God will bless you for you. He will bless you because he loves you, not just because you're going to pass on what you have been given. God wants to stretch us with our with blessing. I want to say that God wants to God wants to take off that expectation that we're going to have to operate with the crumbs, that we're going to have to operate in the realm of lack, that we're going to have to operate of having toiled all night and come back and got nothing but, hey, praise the Lord. I want to believe for a day when God just overwhelms us with his blessing, that the blessing becomes a problem. I want to say that the days of lack being a problem are coming to an end, and the days of overflow blessing are becoming the problem. God, we're going to have, instead of having to manage the lack and the little, we're going to have to learn to manage the much because God wants us blessed and he wants us to be a blessing. God was using the abundance of the blessing to do something in Peter's life because there was a shift that needed to take place. 
This is what I'm saying. Peter thought he was on a fishing trip. He thought he was just doing something that there was no point in. Meanwhile, God was on a mission. Jesus was in that boat on a mission. He was after something, and he was after a shift in Peter's life. Excuse me, Peter. I would like to show you. I would like to introduce you to the future you. I would like to introduce you to the possibilities of what I have for you. God was breaking the mold. There was a paradigm shift taking place in Peter's life. How many of us know we need a paradigm shift to take place in us? We need to think in a completely different way about some things. God is doing something deep in our minds. You see, it wasn't that the catch was too big. It was the net was too small. See, the net, the net represented the level of their expectation because on every other fishing trip they'd been on, the net had been more than enough. On every other fishing trip they'd been on, that net was more than sufficient, but God was giving Peter a picture as that net began to break. God was giving him a picture. This, what, what was he was seeing externally before his eyes? God was giving him a glimpse of what was happening inside of him. God was breaking Peter. Something was shifting inside Peter, and God was changing his mindset opening his mind to some new possibilities about him and his life and about what God was able to do. God was declaring war on everything that had limited Peter. God is taking you to the next level. What will you do with this moment, Peter? What will you do with this moment? Will you... Peter, will you understand? Will you see? I, I don't see Jesus taking the opportunity to explain to Peter what is going on. There is something going on behind the scenes that he's, he's, he's expecting. He's op- Jesus is operating in faith that Peter is going to get it. I just feel that God is poised over this house at this moment saying, will you get it? Will you you get it? Will you see what I'm I'm trying you to get? Will you you see what I'm trying you to understand? That that, that there's there's something more going on here. It's not just about the abundance. It's not just about the blessing. It's not just about you experiencing you've never experienced before. I'm not just doing something for you. I'm doing something in you. And what I'm doing in you is greater and more wonderful than what I'm doing for you. You thought that this was the blessing. You thought this was the dream. You thought this was the great thing, but you need to understand it's not this. It's the big thing I'm doing in you right now. It says that gives way. It says that breaks forth. It says the walls come tumbling down as you step out of your smallness of thinking, as you begin to see, as I see, oh my God, 
Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He's lifting my eyes. He's getting me to stand on higher ground. He's getting me to stand on tiptoe and see a new thing from a new perspective. Oh, it's a new day. Oh, he didn't say it, but Jesus was declaring over Peter that day, this is a new day, Peter. And if you can believe it, God has sent me by his spirit to you today to declare over you and your life, this is a new day. Whatever you've experienced so far, it is nothing compared to what I'm about to do. This is a new day. Oh God, turn to someone near you and say, it's a new day. This is the next level. This is the next level. God was introducing Peter to Peter. God was introducing Peter to the possibilities of the future. Peter didn't know it in that moment, but I suspect that one day he would look back and reflect and say, thank God I went. Thank God I did it. Thank God I didn't miss the moment. I was this close to missing it. I was this close to forgetting it. I was this close to being so overwhelmed by my own disappointment that I nearly said no, but I said yes. And Jesus introduced Peter to the future. He introduced Peter to the possibilities of the future. I want to ask you, This question today as an aside, what can you do today? What can you do this week that the future you will say thank you for? What can you do today? What could you do this week that the future you will say thank you, thank God I did it? So they signaled, verse 7, to their partners in the other boat to come to help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. <laughs> they went, he went not believing he could fill one, and they ended up filling both. I just want to say here that they began to sink. I want to say to someone, you think you're sinking, but you're going to make it. You're going to make it. They don't describe the journey back to shore. They just explain that the boats were pulled into shore, but they made it back to shore. I just know that somebody needs to hear you're going to make it. You're not going to sink. You're going to make it back to shore. You see, God's blessing ultimately will never take you down. It will always raise you up. You might seem like you're sinking for a moment, but you're going to make it back to shore. When Simon Peter saw this, verse 8, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished 
at the catch of fish they had taken. So were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. I love this. That, that, that word astonished there means rendered immovable. Rendered immovable. This wasn't a, oh my goodness moment. This was. This is, this is the moment that you, in the Greek it's called gobsmacked. Like no one knew. They were, they were rendered immovable. They were rooted to the spot. They had never expected anything like this. They had never seen anything like this before. Can we believe in a God who is going to give us some moments where we are rooted to the spot, our mouth is open wide, and we are utterly flabbergasted because we are seeing some things that we've never seen before. We've never even heard about these things before. God is doing something that no one has ever talked about before. This is a new thing. This is brand new. God, I believe in a God who is able to give us this kind of breakthrough moment. Will you believe him today? Will you believe him for you and your family? Will you believe him for you and your marriage and you and your children and, and you and your finances? Will you believe God for you and that exam and, and your education? Will you believe that God can give you a moment with your accommodation? God will give you a moment where you will be rooted to the spot Open mouth, rendered immovable, astonished because God has done an incredible miracle. And you will say, no, only the Lord could have done this. And yet, I'm intrigued that Peter, in the moment of this incredible miracle, in the moment of this incredible provision, it seems that Peter has an allergic reaction. Because his response is that he turns to Jesus and he falls on his knees and he says, Oh, get away from me, Jesus. Get away from me, Jesus. You would think, wouldn't you? You see, when you're wearing skinny jeans and you get down, it takes... Just want to make that clear. Just need a moment to get myself sorted. Okay, I'm back. You'd think that he would just be filled with joy and overcome. And yet, I think that Jesus' moment, or Jesus' response is equally intriguing. Because he said to Simon, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't you find it intriguing that right in the middle of all that blessing, fear raises its head. Fear raises its head. It's, it's like, I don't know. You know, I'm, first I'm afraid I'm not going to have enough. And then I'm afraid because I've got more than enough. And first I was afraid I wasn't going to get married. And now I'm afraid that I am married, that I'm not going to keep the marriage, or I was afraid we weren't going to be able to have a baby, and now we've got a baby, and now I'm afraid that we're not going to be a good parent, and now, at first I was afraid we weren't going to get the job, and, and now I've got the job, now I've got the promotion, now I'm afraid I can't do the job. Do, do we understand that the issue is not the circumstances, the issue is fear? Yeah. 
Whatever comes to us, fear gives us the opportunity to respond in the wrong way. Fear will always seek to rob you of your opportunity. I'm afraid. I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. And that's the problem. Because when we're talking about this much blessing, when we're talking about this much breakthrough, there was a whole heap of catch-up that Peter had to employ. You see, the problem with some of us is we know how to fight. We know how to struggle. We know how to battle the tough stuff. We know what it is to fight in the hard times. We've got the calluses on our hands to prove it. But some of us sabotage our blessing because we find it easy, easier to battle than we do to be blessed. And so we would rather push away God, push away the blessing, push away what's coming to me. Because I know, I know better how to do long nights without catching anything than I do how to deal with this moment. I know how to manage the prison. I don't know how to walk in the palace. God is bringing us to a place of abundance where we're going to have to learn to walk in a different way. We're going to have to learn to talk in a different way. It doesn't mean that there won't be tough times. It just means that we will approach those tough times from a completely different perspective. God is going to deliver us from our lack and he's going to bring us through to more than enough. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Stop pushing away God. Stop Pushing away your destiny because of fear. Turn to someone and say, don't be afraid. He says in verse 10 and 11, from now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up ashore and let everything, left everything and followed him. See, in this moment, Jesus gave Peter everything that he could have possibly dreamed about. I mean, he was a fisherman and he came from a long line of fishermen, I would imagine. And here in this moment, he was experiencing something that that he'd never heard. He wasn't, he wasn't standing there saying, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of the, that time when that guy said, no, th- there was no reference point for this. Nothing had ever happened like this before. What do you do when you've got the night you've always dreamed of and then found out it was the wrong dream? Because that's what this moment was all about. Jesus gave him right there in that moment everything he dreamed about. He was a rich man right there. He got a night to remember right there. 
only for Jesus to show him, man, it's not, it's not about this. You see, the dream that he thought would satisfy his needs was suddenly not enough. There had been an interruption and an introduction. You see, the thing is this, Peter, I've given you everything that you've dreamed of. But you are more than the things you have become. I call you Peter. You are strong. You are steadfast. See, Peter had only seen himself as a fisherman. But Jesus saw something else. I don't know what you see yourself as. But Jesus, Jesus renamed Simon and called him Peter. You see, you aren't what other people say you are. You are who Jesus says you are. Other people called him Simon, but Jesus called him Peter. I know what other people say, but you're the rock. And I know that sometimes the circumstances that you go through will not make it look like you're not the rock, but I'm telling you, you are the rock. Even when you don't feel you're the rock, you're the rock because I say you're the rock. Because I say you're Peter and you're strong and you're steadfast. Peter was grasping the fact that God was doing something new and something bigger because right now all he'd known was that he had been a fisherman. He'd walked as a fisherman. He'd done fisherman things and he just got the night that all fishermen dream of. But that was because right now in this moment he didn't know that in just a little while he would be preaching filled with the Holy Ghost and 3,000 people would come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He didn't know that just a little while he would go to the gate beautiful and he would say to a crippled beggar, silver and gold have I not, but all that I have I give to you. Arise, walk in Jesus' name. He didn't know yet the Peter who was going to walk into that room with a girl who'd been sick and now had died called Tabitha and he would lay his hands upon her and Tabitha would arise in the name of Jesus. He didn't yet know the Peter who would walk down the street and as his shadow was cast, people with sick would come and lay sick people in his shadow just in case they would get healed. Peter didn't know that Peter yet. But Jesus was introducing him to the possibility. And all he had to do was follow him. All he had to do was follow him. To drop his doubt and disappointment. I just want to say that in order for Peter to give permission to go to the next level, he had to drop his doubt and disappointment. I want to say, there are some people here who have worked hard all night and caught nothing. There are some people here who are disappointed because you expected much and have seen little or nothing. 
God is taking you back to the point of your disappointment. And he's asking you, will you drop your doubt? Will you drop your disappointment? And will you pick up faith? It's time to go deeper. It's time to go deeper. It's time to go deeper. Will you say yes and give God permission to take you to the next level? Will you say yes to Jesus and let go of everything you've known and understood so far and let him give you a new name and a new future? In the closing moments of this meeting, I want to give you the opportunity because I believe there are people here in this meeting today who something has been awakened in you and there's something in you that is saying it's time to put down my, my doubt and my disappointment and I'm going to follow Jesus and I'm going to give him permission to take me to the next level. I'm going to leave behind everything that I thought I was and trust him with my future. If that's you, would you just stand to your feet right now so I can pray with you? You're giving God permission by standing to your feet. You're saying, I give God permission to do something new in my life. I give God permission to take me to the next level. I give God permission to take me out of the shallows into the deep. I give God permission to do a new thing in my life to give me a paradigm shift to change my thinking to change my world to introduce me to the person God knows I am Father to every single person responding in this hall today I speak over them the night the name of Jesus I take authority over every lie of the devil who would try infuse them with frustration I want to pray particularly for those who have been battling with thoughts of being unworthy and those who have been battling with thoughts of they don't belong and those who have been battling with thoughts that they're not supposed to be here. Lord, as I think about Peter, he was just on the moment of missing what God was going to do. Lord, I pray, I pray over every single person here that no one will miss. No one will miss what God intends for them to do. No fear, no disappointment, nothing of the past will rob them of what God is seeking to do in their lives. Father, I thank you. I thank you and I believe, oh God, that as these people stand in your name, though Father, even though it may not be easy, even though it may not always be comfortable, even though there are some things that we thought were going to cope, they they will stretch and they will begin to break. Even though all that, God, in the name of Jesus, we put our confidence not in ourselves, in our own abilities, in our own qualifications. We put our confidence in you, knowing, oh God, that you are able to make a way in Jesus' mighty name. I don't know, if you believe it, I want you by faith to just put your hands together and believe God for you, for your family, over your life, my God, that you'll receive his interruption 
and you'll receive his introduction to the you you are born to be in the name of Jesus. Come on, give him a, give him a shout of praise in this place.